0: With your host, Evan Roberts. What the hell is going on with Carlos Correa? Welcome to that edition of Rico Brogna. Evan Roberts, Pete Hoffman. We have tried to enjoy our Christmas vacation, our Christmas break, but there's been a cloud hovering hovering over both of us. A cloud hovering above all of us Met fans. And that is the question surrounding carlos correa we all thought we were given this shocking christmas gift of the mets signing carlos correa and we were all dumb and naive let's be perfectly honest if you go back a little over a week to when the mets stunningly signed correa we all knew the circumstances around why him and the giants didn't work out their long-term deal there were questions around his medicals so logic would have said well, okay, great. The Mets signed them, but are they going to have those same concerns about the medicals? Unless you were a conspiracy theorist, believing that the Giants had cold feet or Correa had cold feet. I think that was your theory, Hoff. Didn't you have this theory that Correa basically just decided at the last second, I don't want to be a Giant?
1: Well, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I think that they, they are two hours away from a press conference and they they both – somebody got nervous. And I really put the blame on the ownership more than Correa because I think they realized what is Correa going to do for $350 million for 13, 13 years. It just wasn't going to benefit. So I, I that, that was my thing was Giants backed out of this more than Correa.
0: And I think what we learned is that that wasn't the case, that it wasn't the Giants getting cold feet. It wasn't necessarily Correa getting cold feet. It was the fact that there is a medical concern around Carlos. And it's weird because – We had heard for a long time about the back issue. I had read about that a couple of months ago. I'd heard Steve Phillips talk about that on MLB Radio, that it takes Carlos a lot just to get ready for each individual game. And that, you know, when you have a back issue, you never know when it's going to rear its ugly head and maybe prematurely end your career. We saw that with Eduardo Alfonso where it prematurely ended his career. We saw it, obviously, with David Wright. So when you hear back and you hear issue, it's a logical concern, especially when you're handing a guy – a 12-year contract, but it comes out that it's this injury he suffered in the minor leagues, this ankle injury in which he now has a plate inserted in his ankle, and even though he hasn't missed any time throughout his major league career with this kind of injury, it is obviously something that's concerning enough for the giant doctors to flag it and now concerning enough for the Met doctors to flag it. That's where I almost want to punch myself because while we were celebrating the Correa signing. We all should have wondered, okay, great, this is stunning, this is amazing, Steve Cohen you know, wants to spend, in theory, this is great, but we all should have wondered the same thing, which is, hey, is that medical concern that caused the Giants to say no going to rear its ugly head with the Mets? And if it doesn't rear its ugly head, wouldn't that concern you about the Met doctors? <laughs> like, it was almost this lose-lose situation, so I think it was Friday of last week this has been a full week now we've gone through this but I think it was last Friday when I saw the Ken Rosenthal report and then all the subsequent reports that hey the Mets have concerns about the medicals they may renegotiate this thing and for about a day and a half it was a huge news story with different updates with all of us you know feverishly checking our phone to find out what the hell's going on and for the last week there has been radio silence We have heard nothing. And it's odd because while I was on vacation, while Pete was on vacation, we had talked numerous times like, ah, should should we do a podcast? Should we do a Rico? And my hesitation was not only that I wanted to spend time with my family, but my hesitation was this thing could be settled at any moment. You know, we could go out and record a Rico and then five minutes later, oh yeah, contracts done. We're good to go. But as the days went by and we're still in this holding pattern, you start to realize this ain't getting done anytime soon. (laughs) Like it's going to get done, you would think, but it's not getting done anytime soon. So we now have all sat here for a week asking the same damn question. What's going on with Carlos Correa? I'm not kidding you. I put on our radio station about a handful of times while away just to check in, see what's going on. Every single time I put the station on, I would hear a caller saying to the host, What's going on with Carlos Correa? Like that's, I don't, by the way, none of us know what's going on with Carlos Correa. Here's what we know. The Mets are concerned about the plate in his ankle. Boris doesn't want to give in at all. And they're talking and they're negotiating. And I, I will give you this, I guess, boat of confidence. I'm not sure if every Met fan thinks that me being confident is a good thing. I do think at the end of the day, Carlos Correa is going to be a New York Met. And I think that for a couple of reasons. Number one, they really want him. I mean, let's start with that. Steve Cohen was the one who confirmed interest in Correa after he signed with the Giants in the interview with John Heyman. Then a few days later, when the deal falls apart, instantly makes a big money offer for him and gets a deal done. So twice, the owner of this team has shown a real strong interest in signing this player. That's number one. Number two, I do think Carlos Correa wants to be a Met. You know, one of the things that came out in the evolution of this deal with the Mets was how Carlos Correa physically attacked Scott Boris in a hotel room because he was so excited. I mean, that's, that's out there. That's a legendary story now that Correa heard the news from Boris, got so excited, he tackled him. Now he was like, ah, oh, this is great, Scott. We'll go to Queens. Oh my God, I'm moving to third base. This is amazing. So Correa wants to be here. The Mets want him. The third thing is, I don't think Cohen and Boris, who now are BFFs, are going to let this deal completely fall apart. So, to me, the only question I have, and we'll find out at some point, is what does a new contract look like? Is it a contract that remains the same, the same year, same amount of money, except protections are put in it? Very similar to what happened to JD Martinez years back, where there was concern, I think it was about a knee issue. And so. His contract with Boston had some protections around, hey, if he misses time with a knee issue, this isn't guaranteed. That that to me is the perfect middle ground where, all right, Carlos, you have yourself a 12-year deal. It is fully guaranteed unless the thing we have concerns about rears its ugly head. If that's the case, okay, we need some protections around it because a 12-year deal is an insanely long contract. Let's not forget that. I mean, you're going to sign Carlos Correa till he's about 40 years old. Now, you want to depress yourself? My youngest son is two. When Carlos Correa's contract runs out, he's going to be 14. My oldest son is six. When Carlos Correa's contract's up, he'll be able to vote. So everybody can play that game at home with their loved ones or themselves to tell themselves how old. You will be, or your loved ones will be when this contract expires. The best one I got, the most depressing one I got was from my dad. My dad, who is now seventy-one years old, said, Son, when Carlos Correa's contract runs out, I'll probably be dead. And I was like, Jeez, I mean, can we (laughs) can we we get any more morbid than that? I mean, I hope you're alive at 83. You know, we gotta you gotta see another Met Championship, you know? May take a while. We don't know. So obviously, when you're handing out such an insanely long contract, you do want to give yourself those protections. So as we sit here today and we all wait for how this thing is going to finish, I still remain confident that Correa is going to be a Met. What say you? Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Yeah, listen, I I'm very positive about this whole situation. I never once doubted. Uh I know I know the medical concern is there. I, I get that. Unless he hurt himself more when he tackled Scott Boris, <laughs> I think we're okay. I really do. I think we're good. And I think that this is the only time that I will, you know, ever really dive into this again. I do believe in Steve Cohen. I do believe that financially he can outspend anybody, and money's no issue. So even though there's a concern there, and I'm not sure uh, if you need more more caveats in that contract to make it sweeter for him. I'm not saying that it's not my money. It's not your money, but he could – afford to lose 312 million dollars or 350 million dollars in over 12 years in a bad contract
0: yeah okay so yes and I think that's a part of why whenever the Mets make a move now with Steve Cohen even if we don't like the contract we could sit back and say ah it's all right if it sucks this guy will spend anyway he's not going to turn into a pumpkin this isn't going to be the will ponds where he's scared off and while that's true he's also a smart businessman and he's not just going to hand out mega contracts for the sake of handing out mega contracts right now when you see a 28 year old player in his prime a championship caliber player a gold glove platinum glove defensive shortstop who can easily move to third a guy who's been clutch a guy who also seems made for new york city steve cohen isn't looking at this i don't think and saying ah screw it i'm desperate to win here's 300 million dollars i think he looks at correa the baseball player and says this is a good investment if there are legitimate concerns about his ankle then all of a sudden it's not a good investment. So while, yeah, you and I as fans can sit back and say, if this contract doesn't work, no big deal, he'll spend anyway, he's not just going to hand out an asinine contract. And that's why I think we're in a weird spot right now as Met fans. If they walk away from this deal and it doesn't happen, for whatever reason, Boris, Epler, and Cohen can't find the middle ground. And Carlos Correa ends up taking whatever contract he takes with Minnesota to go back there. I don't know if I can be mad at Steve Cohen because I would logically say, well, they have their reasons. They saw the MRI that the Giants saw. They had enough concerns to say, okay, we still want to make a deal, but it can't be this deal. And if they can't make a deal and they walk away, I I would sort of understand it. Wouldn't you? I, I would, but here's the question.
1: If the Mets are concerned and they're kind of like sitting back saying we got to renegotiate this, but we can't come to a a, a real good uh, negotiation and, and and it falls through and Minnesota sweeps them sweeps in and takes him at two eighty five for however many years, how much is that concerned? Because you've had somebody now that was in their organization, the doctors now are looking at basically the same exact you know again over t- unless over the year his his body's deteriorated. I don't see how they can look at that physical and say that something's off. The the guy was in their organization. They've already offered him a big-time contract. So that's where I say if the Minnesota Twins, and I understand two different franchises, totally different piece to these two franchises, but if the Twins are going to invest in that type of player, I still don't understand why the, the Mets then would say, you know what? This is not going to work out. for it. Something's there that's saying we can do this, but the Twins will go in and do it. Because
0: the Mets are basing their information on what they're seeing with their doctors. They're not just going to blindly say, well, the Minnesota Twins are offering them eight years, so that's fine. I mean, they saw the same MRI that the Giants saw, and they came up with the same concern. And let me read you something from this past season, which I, I kind of remember hearing about, but didn't pay that much attention to because it's the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa on September 20th appeared to injure himself following a hard slide into second base. Correa was thrown out stealing. Correa lay on the ground for an extended period of time before ultimately getting up on his own and limping off the field. Carlos Correa remained in the game. So this injury we're talking about from September 20th, he stayed in the game. That night, he told reporters he was okay after having a brief scare with his surgically repaired lower right leg. He just hit my plate, Correa said, referring to the hardware in his leg. I had surgery, and he just hit it. It felt kind of numb. It was vibrating. So I was waiting for it to calm down. It was a little scary, but when I moved, I knew I was good. That statement is freaky. Can we all be honest about that? He's got a plate in his leg, there was a bang-bang play late September, and it started vibrating and was numb. Now, it turned out to be okay. He ended up playing through it. That it was also the end of the season, in fairness, so it's not like he didn't play for five more months. He played for another week and a half before the season ended. But that little brief story is concerning. And remember, this is now at age 27, 28. The concern the Mets are going to have, the concern that any team is going to have, is not this year. It's probably not even next year. It's the fact that when you give a guy a 12-year contract, you're wondering, what am I getting? Forget year 12, year 6, year 5, year 7. And I think the concern the Mets have, and a lot of doctors are going to have, they're not the only team, is can he hold up? The problem is there's a lot of ego in this business. I don't think Scott Boris and Carlos Correa are going to be okay with now signing a five-year contract. They just had a 12-year contract. So I think the other aspect of this negotiation is allowing them to save face, allowing them to say, yeah, we still got our 12-year $315 million deal, but they're being fine print in that contract that protects the Mets in case this injury, this specific injury, not something else, because injuries happen in baseball, and the beauty of baseball for the players is that you have fully guaranteed contracts, and no one's trying to take that away. But you have a pre-existing injury concern, You want to protect yourself in case this ends his career. You probably can't get insurance on this deal, which a lot of teams have off career injuries. Look what happened to David Wright. And if you can't get insurance on this bad boy, and this injury is the thing that ends his career, let's say five years from now, you're on the hook for paying the rest of that contract. And as much as Cohen has a lot of money, he has a lot of money because he's smart. He doesn't have a lot of money because he makes bad business decisions. So we're in a tough spot right now as Mets fans. I want Correa on the Mets. Clearly, I think he makes the Mets a better team in 2023. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to be angry and scream and yell if they walk away from this.
1: The funny thing is, I had a conversation with somebody in the in the Bigs, and they reached out to me with this when they heard the news, and they were like trying to like find out information that I know. Regardless, when it came down to that possibility of the no one's going to cover the insurance part of this Mm -hmm. deal. And they were just like, I asked, I was like, does that even happen in baseball? Do you have players that are uninsured throughout throughout a year? And he goes, yeah, it happens a lot, but nothing to that magnitude, nothing to those type of contracts. So like, I don't know if you're going to be able to have a 12 year deal and not have it insured. I just don't think it's possible.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know how specifically this plays out in terms of what this contract looks like, what protections are in it, what's covered insurance-wise. What I do still think, though, is that they're going to find a common ground. I think there's a couple of positive signs from the last few days. First of all, as frustrating as it's been for maybe me, you, and everybody listening, the radio silence is not a bad thing. Now, the fact that we're not getting leaks every single day, this side did this, this side did that, this team's now interested, I think is probably a good thing. I think it means that the lawyers of the New York Mets, Scott Boris, they all have their heads down, and they're trying to work a deal out. And that wouldn't surprise me if Steve Cohen's not even involved anymore, basically saying to Billy Epler and the lawyers, get a deal done. Get a smart deal done. But we want this guy on our team. And I do think that there is a motivation for Boris and Correa to get this deal done with the Mets because, you know, we mentioned Minnesota as a backup plan because we know that the Twins had an offer out there for him. Uh, not quite the offer the Mets made, not quite the offer the Giants made, but a pretty good long-term offer. But there is a question of if the Mets decide today we're done, we're walking away from this, there's no common ground, what is he really getting on an open market? I, I don't know. And the idea that he would take another short-term deal doesn't make any sense. He's coming off a good enough year on a short-term deal to get his mega contract. It has nothing to do with the short term. Nothing to do with the short term. It has everything to do with what is this man eight years from now? What is this man six years from now? So I don't even see the short term solution as making any kind of sense for Carlos Correa because he can go out next year on a short term deal, have a better year than he just had, and the MRI concerns are going to be the same. What the hell is going to change? No, unless Carlos Correa wants to bet on himself for the next decade and say, I'm just going to take short term deals. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make $35 million a year every single year. I'll opt out. I'll have a good enough year. I'll keep getting that deal. I've always said this about franchise tags in the NFL. If you're that good and you're that confident in yourself and you do that every year of your career, that's better for you financially. But nobody wants that risk. They want the long-term guarantee. I know I feel the same way. When I was signing my contract with the fan, I said, I want long-term. I don't want year to year. I don't want to risk that. (laughs) So I totally get, obviously, my numbers are far different than all these athletes, a lot less. Whoa, a lot less. But I get why you want that protection, but it doesn't even make sense for Correa to take a short-term deal. So this is his shot at a long-term contract, and I still think it's going to work out with the Mets, but God forbid it doesn't. As much as I won't be annoyed at Steve Cohen or annoyed at the Mets, it would be such a buzzkill to go from envisioning Correa in this lineup, batting fifth, protecting Pete Alonso, to what? I I don't even want to think about that alternate world, Pete, because I don't know what they do. I don't know. First of all, there's nothing they could do that would make us feel as good as the feeling we had upon thinking
1: Correa would be in this lineup. No question. Well, we're gonna make a trade for somebody. We we've already went down the road of why we don't want to trade our assets right now. The only thing you could do is go free agency, and there's no one else out there. So, the one thing I will say to piggyback off what you said, the radio science is good. If I, and I went through it, if you go through all the last couple of years with Steve Cohen, the transactions that have taken place, all the free agents, even the trades, there has been little to 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 minimal to no news when it leads to a trade, whether it's Lindor, Scherzer signing, whether it's Furlander, whatever the case is, there's never any real news up until the ball drops and boom, it happens. So I think this is great, the fact that there's been zero leaks about Carlos Correa.
0: No, I agree. I I totally agree. And I remain confident. I really do. I I think that eventually a deal is made. Waiting is the hardest part. I I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm not necessarily telling you it's going to happen before New Year's or it's going to happen anytime soon. But I think that right now you've got two motivated camps to get a deal done. I think both sides want this deal done. So it's really about finding that common ground that Carlos Correa and Scott Boris can say, all right, we feel good. And the Mets can feel at least protected from some kind of long-term injury, specifically with this lower leg, specifically with this ankle. But I don't even want to think about a world in which Correa goes back into free agency and signs elsewhere and signs, dare I say, with the Atlanta Braves. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's a – imagine that swerve. Imagine that. We have him with the Evil Empire, with the Metsies. Then we negotiate with him for a week before losing him to the Atlanta Braves. That would be like the 2022 season all over again. It'd basically be the, hey, the regular season in a smaller capsule.
1: At least we know he won't be going to the Marlins because they got Gene Segura <laughs> to take up that spot. So we're okay.
0: And by the way, when I saw that, it it's annoying. It's annoying because Gene Segura is one of the many guys who's made a career as a Met killer. He's been great against the Mets. And so Gene Segura going it's just outside this division to the American League West again, to the American League Central, would have made me happy. To see him sign with the Marlins, you just know, and you could save the tape on this, Gene Segura is going to have a big day against the Mets some point during the regular season next year and is going to cost us a game. You can lock that one up. Anyhow, we wanted to give you a, a little bit of a Carlos Correa update. Once the news on Correa is done, we'll give you another Rico. We've got a very exciting Rico Bronia coming up for New Year's Day in which we go through the great moments of the 2022 New York Mets season. It'll be a happy way to kind of jump into the brand new year with great moments from 2022. One response I want to make, though, to the more recent podcast we did on greatest offseason Mets trades, and if you haven't listened to that, it's still there. Right before this podcast, I'm sure you can go check it out. Greatest off-season trades in Met history. I got a lot of people saying, hey, guys, how do you not talk about the Lindor trade? The Lindor trade is way too early to judge. I'm sorry. I, I, we cannot sit here between what Cleveland got back and how good Andres Jimenez is, between the impact of Lindor through two years. That is, it's like election night. Too soon to call? This is way, way too soon to call. I don't even know when we could call it. We may have to wait like a decade before we call that trade. I don't even know if we could call the Edwin Diaz trade. As great as it looks right now, Jared Kelnick turns into Mike Trout. Who knows? But definitely appreciate the feedback. You could always email the pod at the Ricoh b at gmail.com. Have a wonderful New Year's. Thank you for listening to Rico Brony.